Insider, the show that takes you inside the great Northwest Athletic Conference. Hear from student athletes, coaches, and administrators from one of the premier conferences in Division II. Now, here's your host, Rob Lowry. From Fairbanks to Billings and from Seattle to Monmouth, welcome to this edition of GNAC Insider. I am your host, Robert Lowry, and we've got a a big show on tap for you tonight for this weekend's edition of GNAC Insider. Coming up a little bit later tonight, we're looking forward to having an opportunity to speak with Seattle Pacific University head men's soccer coach Mark Collings. The uh, Falcons have gotten off to another great start this year, and we're going to have a chance to talk about men's soccer with Mark just a little bit later in tonight's GNAC Insider. Also coming up, not one, but two athletic directors to speak with. We are going to talk with both Dr. Dennis Francois, the athletic director at Central Washington University. His Wildcats have a big battle for the border football game coming up here this coming Saturday. And Steve Card, Western Washington University's athletic director, some facilities improvements going on up there in Bellingham for Western Washington University, and we are going to have the chance to uh, to talk to Steve Card coming up as well in this edition of GNAC Insider. Of course, we're going to go around the GNAC here in just a little bit, and we're going to have the opportunity as well to talk about what is happening a little bit later this week in GNAC Sports. All the fall sports underway, football, cross-country, golf, volleyball, the whole gamut, the whole gamut of fall sports now underway across the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. And in the early season, and we are still kind of in the early season, but in the early season, we are having some very, very significant success in the Great Northwest Athletic Conference in a number of sports, and we're going to have the opportunity to uh, talk a little bit about some of those sports coming up a little bit later in tonight's GNAC Insider. Our first guest tonight is going to be Spencer Dodd. Now, Spencer Dodd is a former student-athlete in the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. He was a first baseman at St. Martin's University and a good baseball player over there. Honorable mention, GNAC player, played 160 games with the Saints, and he really has the student part of the student-athlete equation in balance because he was a three-time academic all-GNAC selection, and he is joining us on the phone line now. Spencer, we appreciate you making time to talk with us tonight here on GNAC Insider. Oh, not a problem. I'm excited to be here with you today. Now, the reason we wanted to talk with you tonight is because with all the things we've already discussed about you being a former student-athlete at St. Martin's, being an all-GNAC academic selection, you also now are the National Student-Athlete Advisory Committee Division II Chair. Talk a little bit about what the SAC is and how it is that you became the chair of, of that prestigious committee. Yeah, so every campus um, across all three uh, divisions of the NCAA have what's called the Student Athlete Advisory Committee, and basically it serves as a body of made up of representatives from each team on campus, and it's just an area where student athletes can input their voice into you know the decision making process, whether it be with legislation. That's one of the big things we do, um, and also helping out with different um, community engagement events such as Make-A-Wish Foundation, other um, other avenues like that. And as far as I got involved, um, freshman year I had a, a senior on the baseball team come up, put his arm around me and say, hey, 
you're going to the SAC meeting with me, and I kind of really enjoyed that experience and then went on from there, saw there was an open position, thought, yeah, might as well apply for it. Applied, got the position, and then just really, um, you know, with the help of the staff, the athletic staff at St. Martin's and everyone, you know, that I came in contact with was really willing to help me in our conference and that you know, I just had a couple of opportunities and things worked out and I'm now the chair of Division Two SAC, which is a great position for me to be able to kind of advocate for the GNAC and represent the GNAC student-athletes on the national level. If I have the timeline correctly, and if I don't, please, please set me straight, but if I have the timeline correctly, you've been the vice chair since uh, since the beginning of 2014, and you were just elevated to chair within the past week. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, I served as the vice chair, so I uh, represented the student-athletes on the legislative committee and also on the National SAC Executive Board, and then there's a couple of changes at the national level, and um, our chair had some issues where he needed to step down to pursue academic goals, and that kind of elevated me to the position where I'm at right now, and I've been in that position for a couple weeks, and um, I'm excited to kind of be able to get to our next our next national SAC meeting is in November and work with the student-athletes there, and I'm also excited for our conference SAC meeting this this weekend up in Anchorage. Well, that is one of the reasons we wanted to speak with you tonight, because of that upcoming GNAC-SAC meeting that's going to be held in Anchorage, as you mentioned. What are some of the items on the agenda at that SAC meeting, and are there certain things that you're looking to accomplish at that upcoming meeting? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Whenever we get the groups together, all the institutions, representatives. It's awesome to just kind of brainstorm and share ideas, share what works at different institutions as far as fundraising. You know, we do a lot of partnerships with Make-A-Wish, but the GNAC SAC last year took on a kind of different um, conference-wide initiative of doing a canned food drive. And so when you get those groups together, it's awesome to be able to share ideas. Hey, you know, at Montana State Billings, we do this. It works really well. And bring that back to the different campuses and kind of create that you know, conference community of working together. And one of the other um, kind of big agenda items that we'll be tackling, (laughs) well, in depth at this meeting is the upcoming legislation that we have. Um, There's a lot of uh, change going on at the national level as far as NCAA. And we, um, as the National Student Athlete Advisory Committee, wanted to kind of be progressive in that and address some of the issues as far as the student-athlete voice. So we have some legislation that we're going to present to the um, conference SAC at the meeting and really just get their feedback on it, get how they feel, how the student-athletes at all the institutions are feeling. So we can kind of wrap that up and bring that voice back up to the national level and let the student-athlete voice be heard and actively participating in the legislation process. Spencer Dodd, who is the chair of the NCAA Student-Athlete Advisory Committee, joining us tonight here on GNAC Insider. And when you get student-athlete representatives from all 11 GNAC schools in a room, certainly we've got some great rivalries in this conference. 
Anchorage, Fairbanks, Central Western, Seattle Pacific Western. Again, some great rivalries. But when you get the student-athletes in a room like you will this weekend, and they're all there, are they more in one accord, and is there more unanimity among the student-athletes in a SAC setting than there will be on the court? Absolutely. This group, and that you know, can't say this enough, is an amazing group of representatives. Um, I've had the opportunity to be with them for the past three years and see some changeover and meet new people and get developed. And it really becomes, you know, a strong friendship that we share just being together for those couple of days and sharing ideas. And you really have the opportunity to represent your university, what's good about your university, and then address some things and say, hey, you know, we struggle with this. What do you guys do? And kind of share and strengthen your university through the sharing of information. And it's something that you see, and it's really something you can get excited about when you see schools who, like you said, ultra competitive on the field of play, are working together towards the common good and enhancing that student-athlete experience on their individual campuses. So it is, there's a ton of unity, and the group is really awesome to work with, and I'm lucky to be able to be on this committee and work with such great people and just everyone's so driven to enhance that student-athlete experience and make it a better experience for, you know, the generations of students behind them. And it's awesome to be a part of. Final question for you, Spencer. Spencer Dodd, the uh, NCAA's SAC chair. What would you tell student-athletes, and we may have some listening to GNAC Insider who are thinking, well, maybe I'll look at getting involved with the SAC committee at my particular school, wherever it is across the GNAC. What would you tell them is the best reason to get involved and why should they get involved with their local SAC committee? You have the opportunity to have your voice be heard. One thing I've learned throughout going, starting at, you know, St. Martin's University SAC as a baseball team representative to being the chair of national SAC is people want to listen. The administrators the people want to hear the student-athlete voice, and I just strongly encourage all the student-athletes to take the initiative and go to those meetings, see what they're all about, ask questions, try and learn and just soak everything in, and become informed about what's going on so you can make decisions and help input you know, your opinions and thoughts and concerns into the process. It's a tremendous opportunity, and working with the great administrators we have in the GNAC, they're very eager to hear that student-athlete voice, and it really is a vehicle for change. And the student-athletes have that opportunity at National SAC to address, you know, little things. Hey, let's do this, let's do this. Well, it'd be awesome if we could do this. And that's where, you know, a lot of that starts, and that's where, you know, in my experience at St. Martin's, that's where we got some things moving and tried to create some community-oriented events that really helped you know, enhance that student-athlete experience and make it a better, cohesive athletic department. Well, Spencer, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you making some time for us tonight here on GNAC Insider. Uh, Good luck with the upcoming uh, meeting in Anchorage. I hope you get everything accomplished that you want to. Let's talk again sometime this year on GNAC Insider, maybe when we get closer to that national SAC meeting. Would that be okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Well, I appreciate it very much. That's Spencer Dodd once again. 
former St. Martin's University baseball standout and now the national chair of the NCAA's Student Athlete Advisory Committee. And again, the GNAC SAC meetings coming up this weekend up in Anchorage. Well, now let's take a trip around the GNAC. In women's soccer, there were a couple of coaching milestones reached this past week. Central Washington's coach Michael Farron did not his 100th career victory with the Wildcats in a 3-1 triumph over Dominican. Seattle Pacific coach Chuck Sekra earned his victory number 200 with a 4-1 win in the conference opener against Simon Fraser. Now, these landmarks come a few weeks after Western Washington's volleyball coach Diane Flick recorded her 300th victory. Up in Fairbanks, the University of Alaska has announced the hiring of a new assistant athletic director, Jamie Schwartzwald was named assistant AD for operations and media relations last Monday. In Napa, Idaho, the Northwest Nazarene volleyball team was listed in this week's American Volleyball Coaches Association Top 25 poll for the first time in school history. The Crusaders are ranked 23rd in the nation. NNU is currently in second place in the GNAC with a 3-0 conference record. They're 10-1 on the season. Up in Anchorage, Keith Hackett, who we just had on the show a couple of weeks back, announced that Alaska Anchorage is partnering with GCI to broadcast five Seawolves sports to the entire state. Hockey, volleyball, men's and women's basketball, and selected gymnastic meets will now be available live to all Alaska residents outside of the Anchorage metropolitan area. Also in Anchorage, former basketball standout Kyle Fossman signed his first professional contract last Thursday with a team in the German Junior Pro B Division. In Billings, former MSU Billings soccer player Tyler Moriarty signed a professional contract last week as well. Moriarty, who has been a volunteer assistant with the Yellow Jackets the past couple of years, signed with the Las Vegas Legends of the Major Arena Soccer League. And don't forget to read about Players of the Week and Red Lions Team of the Week at GNACSports.com. GNAC Insider is going to be right back after this timeout. Fall is in the air, and you know what that means. Fall and winter sports. With more than 40 hotels throughout the West, why not take a road trip with Red Lion Hotels and follow your favorite team? With plush pillow top beds, free Wi-Fi, restaurants, and lounges, we want you to stay comfortable. Visit RedLion.com for the lowest rate guaranteed. Red Lion Hotels are proud supporters of the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Hit the road with us. Red Lion Hotels. There's always a Red Lion nearby. Every time a student learns something new, makes a discovery, or helps a team, it's not just good for that student, it's good for the whole community. At St. Martin's University, we know the impact a well-prepared graduate can have on the world. That's why, last year, we extended more than $11 million in scholarships to our students. Because the more we invest in them, the brighter the future becomes for all of us. Welcome back to GNAC Insider, the show that takes you inside the NCAA's Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Now, here's your host, Rob Lowry. And welcome back. It's my pleasure now to be joined by Steve Card, who is the athletic director at Western Washington University. First year as athletic director there. He was the interim during the 2013-2014 year. But Steve is a true Viking veteran. He's been on the athletic staff there for 24 years. And, Steve, uh, thanks for joining us tonight on GNAC Insider. Appreciate you taking the time for us tonight. Well, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. 
you've got a, a, a significant event coming up this weekend when on Saturday you dedicate the Robert S. Harrington Soccer Field. I want to talk a little bit about facilities development there at Western Washington University. How did this soccer field development come together for you? Well, I'll tell you what, it uh, it started probably a good half dozen years ago, um, the concept of taking two essentially unusable fields that were um, about 16 feet different in elevation from one another that were side by side and looking at the, the concept of leveling those and uh, creating one large field uh, was brought to the attention of our athletic director, Linda Goodrich, at the time and and that was move forward talking with our campus rec folks. Uh, you know, we're kind of a landlocked university, and so having uh, uh, green space for our student body as a whole to recreate, number one, was uh, was some of the motivation, but also creating a facility on our campus for soccer, men's and women's soccer, to return to campus after, you know, uh, roughly it ended up being about a 15-year hiatus away from campus uh, since we've played our games then there. So uh, it kind of took hold, and, and uh, between the uh, the Harrington family uh, stepping up with their uh, their lead gift of $1 million to initiate the process, and then our student body stepping in and, and uh, a collaborative effort between the student body and our administration and the athletic department to uh, to come up with the, uh, the 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 renderings of the of the facility and and how it would look and and uh, a lot of people participated and uh, now it's come to fruition and uh, and you know our teams are back on campus and it's just a a fantastic facility and really just a a, a great spotlight for our university at this point. I, I guess I was dumbfounded when it was made clear to me that Western had had to play its home soccer matches off the Bellingham campus there f- since the year 2000. I would assume mm-hmm. that developing this new facility is going to uh, to reinfuse, I guess, a spirit of excitement among the student body there to come out and support the Vikings on the soccer field. Is that fair to say? Oh, it, it already has. Um, you know, we actually begin school tomorrow. It's our first day of classes. We're on a quarter system here, and, and we've already seen since we started playing matches uh, on our first exhibition match and the first game on there was on August 23rd. We've already seen a lot of people showing up, and as the students have been migrating back to Bellingham this month getting ready for school, we're starting to see a lot more folks showing up at our games. And we had an outstanding crowd on Saturday night for a, a great game against Simon Fraser one of our rivals in soccer and and uh you know when this when classes start tomorrow and having uh you know doubleheader soccer both on Thursday and obviously the big dedication day on Saturday we're anticipating thousands and uh and that's that's great stuff we just haven't been able to produce that level of excitement because uh we've been playing off-site and uh and to have everybody back on campus again I think it's just going to be a, a great place for our student body to go and watch their teams play Talk about some of the amenities at this new facility. What's the turf? What's the the seating like? Uh, tell us a little bit of some of the ins and outs of the new facility. Sure. Well, we just basically completed phase one of the project. Um, that includes a, you know, a relatively small grandstand of about five, seats about five hundred. Um, the field is is uh, astroturf. It's the new astroturf, uh, so not to be confused with the the carpet that you might have seen in the Astrodome some 40 years ago. But it's the it's similar to field turf. It's a great playing surface for the student athletes. Um, it's a, it's a large field. Um, there's quite a bit of space around the field, particularly 
on the east side and on the north side of the field. There's a lot of extra space there, so that's more for our student body to uh, uh, you know have intramurals and and so forth on there. So it's a it's a large space. Um, the, uh, right now we're, we're, uh, we have one, one building that's uh, bathrooms, ticket booth, uh, with the expectation to expand that this year and add locker rooms and storage areas. And then, uh, and then phase two will include uh, expansion of the, of the bleachers to get to about 1,500 and then uh, uh, hopefully a roof over top of that with a press box area and for, uh, for media and game operations. So... Um, brand new scoreboard that went in with a reader board, uh, an LED reader board, and, and a sig- very significant sound system that sits on top of that. So it's it's lit, um, you know, for, to allow for night games and and uh, you know use for by our student body uh, in the evenings. Um, but it's a it's a fantastic venue. Um, it's a great view uh, for our spectators, uh, particularly when you just uh, when you look at the setting and you're looking down through the south part of the valley through the Happy Valley area in Bellingham. It's it's pretty spectacular and it's uh, it's it's great, quite the spectacle. And and uh, we're very all proud right. Let's of what, talk what we specifically. So when is the dedication Saturday, and uh, what is going to be some of the elements involved with the dedication? Well, the dedication actually formally begins at 6.40 prior to the men's game that's uh, scheduled at 7 o'clock. We've moved the kickoff back up to about 7.20. Uh, we're going to start at about 6 o'clock. We're going to have a rally on the plaza on the south part of campus where the first 500 students that show up there will receive a, a scarf, and uh, we're going to do a march down South College Way into the stadium. Uh, I will emcee the events, our president of the university, our associated students president, and uh, Scott Harrington, representing the Harrington family, will all speak at the, uh, at the dedication. And so it's, uh, it's going to be a, a, a significant affair for our institution. Well, Steve, we certainly appreciate you making time for us tonight. I hope the dedication goes off without a hitch. And at some point, I, I uh, hope to get the opportunity to see your new soccer field. And, uh, again, congratulations on uh, what is certainly a milestone up there in Bellingham. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Steve Card, the athletic director at Western Washington University, joining us. And from one athletic director to another, as we now welcome to GNAC Insider, Dr. Dennis Francois, the athletic director at Central Washington University. And while there are big doings in Bellingham this week on campus, there are big doings off campus for the Wildcats this week as the Central football team plays in Bothell at Pop Keeney Stadium in the inaugural Battle for the Border as the Wildcats take on Simon Fraser University in a game that is being presented by the Washington National Guard. Dennis, thanks for making time for us tonight on GNAC Insider. Thank you, Rob. Thanks for having me. Well, happy to have you here tonight. And I guess let's go back to the beginning, if you will. How did the Washington National Guard battle for the border come together? Well, as you know, we had uh, three games in Bothell about two years ago, a year prior to my arrival. Uh, but that was due to some unfortunate circumstances in terms of wildfires and, and smoke in our valley. Uh, just the air quality and conditions weren't conducive to outside activity. So we had three games over there. And, uh, you know, from everybody that I spoke with regarding that, they were very, very well attended and, of course, very well appreciated because 75% of our alumni base, as you know, is from the west side. So uh, a lot of inquiries last year regarding playing a, a game over on the west side again. 
uh, but I really wasn't comfortable moving forward unless we really were able to do it right and, and hopefully have a presenting sponsor. And we were able to uh, kind of come together with uh, Jason Rowney and myself looking at some different options and just looking at, uh, you know, who, who would be a, a good fit for that. And uh, so we approached the Washington National Guard and working with those uh, those people had just been outstanding. And they agreed to uh, be the presenting sponsor for, for this year's Battle for the Border. The Washington National Guard, as you mentioned, the presenting sponsor, and they are not just presenting, they are highly involved with this. What are some of the elements the Washington National Guard is bringing beyond the presenting sponsor title to the game on Saturday? You bet. As you know, they, they, they definitely go, uh, they go all out when they do something and do it right. And uh, so what they're doing and the concept that we brought forward to them was a fan zone. So to the north uh, end of the stadium, there's going to be a fan zone, which opens up at 4 o'clock. Uh, they're bringing their portable climbing wall, uh, a halo bungee jumper, inflatables, football passing contest, some of their military equipment for people to, to kind of uh, you know get acquainted with and uh, look through some of those things. But uh, that's going to be the fan zone. And another exciting part of the Cascade Mountain Growing is uh, – is coming and going to be event in the uh, fan zone and the first 500 people receive a free meal compliments of the CW foundation. But I'm uh, really excited about the, uh, the fan zone. And, and I know there's going to be a lot of activity, not only for, for adults, but uh, especially for youth. Is the goal here to make this potentially uh, an inaugural event over in the Seattle area? Would, would central Washington want to play every year if possible if the schedule works out and all the things like that a game over in western washington almost well, definitely as you know we we played numerous times in uh seattle stadium and uh, not only against uh, uh western washington when they had a football program uh, but also eastern washington western oregon uh but uh, something that we would definitely love to uh try to do every is to play a game over there as i stated earlier 25% of our alumni living on the west side and, of course, a, a big core of our students and our student-athletes from the west side. It really makes it more convenient for people to get out and, and really take in a, a Wildcat football game without uh, coming over the mountain. Is there an additional level of notoriety, I guess, number one in this game? Because not only is it the battle for the border, the first one, but it's also the first GNAC football game of the 2014 season. Does that elevate things to an even greater level? Well, most definitely. Every game is important, as you know, and you want to win every game. But uh, as we uh, flipped the schedule, uh, we were scheduled initially to uh, host uh, Simon Fraser in late November. Uh, but we ended up flipping that and taking the earlier date, uh, working with uh, Dr. Richards at Simon Fraser. And uh, so what this is uh, happens to be the, the opening game for the GNAC conference uh, schedule this year. So it does take a little bit of heightened awareness uh, on our end. Uh, even though we, we dropped our first uh, GNAC opener, we realize that uh, we've got an opportunity to still win a conference title, uh, which is very important to our program. A night game Saturday night, a 6 o'clock kickoff in Bothell. Why a night game instead of an afternoon game? Was, is that particularly to help uh, encourage the crowd to come out for the game? You bet. We really didn't know what was going to happen with the uh, UW-Stanford game, and we kind of lucked out. They went on to, a, I think, a 115 kick. 
but really for us, uh, you know, that was kind of irrelevant to a degree because we really uh, we don't get to play under the lights too often, and uh, it just makes it a little easier for people to get over, uh, you know, do the activities they need to during their regular Saturday and still make it out to the game. But uh, it, it is a great opportunity, I think, also for, you know, for us to, to really honest, honor the servicemen and women who not only fight for, you know, preserving our freedom, but also to serve the needs of our state during disasters, which we have seen this past year with the Oso mudslides uh, and, and, of course, the wildfires. So, uh, outside of the fan zone and the game, we're also looking forward to uh, you know honoring the uh, servicemen and women and, and having a few things during the game that uh, gets that going. So under the lights at a night game uh, couldn't be any better. Well, Dennis, thank you for joining us tonight here on GNAC Insider. Much good luck, a lot of success with the game this coming Saturday night, 6 o'clock at Pop Keeney Stadium in Bothell as the Wildcats of Central Washington and the clan of Simon Fraser do battle in the first of what may be an inaugural event called the Battle for the Border. Dennis, thanks for joining us here tonight. Thank you, Rob. Much appreciated. That's Dr. Dennis Francois, the athletic director at Central Washington University. Time now for us to take a look at what's happening this week in the GNAC. In men's soccer, the second week of conference play begins with the last remaining unbeaten team in the GNAC squaring off the teams. Seattle Pacific takes its 4-0-1 record to North Dakota to face the 2-0-1 Mary Marauders on Thursday in a battle for first place. On Saturday, Northwest Nazarene travels up to Simon Fraser in a clash between two top competitors in the GNAC as well. In cross-country, the GNAC continues running at Pac-12 Invitationals as both Seattle Pacific and Simon Fraser head down to Palo Alto, California this weekend to compete in the Stanford Invitational. Now, both those teams competed in the University of Washington Sun Dodger invite last weekend with the clans Rebecca Bassett and Oliver Jorgensen taking third in their respective races. The Humboldt State football team this week is going to face another tough test as it's going to be hosting 2-1 Western Oregon. The Wolves narrowly escaped with a victory against Central Washington last week, while Humboldt State's off to an impressive 3-0 start after defeating Dixie State this past weekend. And in volleyball, it's another huge week in GNAC play as Alaska Anchorage takes on 23rd-ranked Northwest Nazarene, while 11th-ranked Western Washington travels to conference rival Seattle Pacific on Thursday Then 13th-ranked Central Washington will have a tough test as it takes on conference leader Alaska Anchorage on Saturday. This is GNAC Insider. We're going to be right back after this short timeout. Make sure to follow the GNAC on social media. Find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching GNAC Sports. And visit us on the web at GNACsports.com. GNAC Insider will be right back. Now is the perfect time to enjoy a romantic stay at the Coeur d'Alene Resort. Book a lake tower room with a cozy fireplace and a world-class view of Lake Coeur d'Alene. Take advantage of Beverly's renowned wine cellar and five-star dining. Or enjoy the resort's many luxury amenities, including our award-winning spa, indoor pool, and fitness facility. You just can't beat the view from the Coeur d'Alene Resort. Packages start at just $189. To book your getaway, call or visit cdaresort.com. Why choose Western Washington University? Go to school in one of Outside Magazine's dream towns, minutes from both the mountains and the sea. Ranked by U.S. News and World Report as the number one public master's granting university in the Pacific Northwest, 
the number one producer of prestigious Fulbright scholarships in the nation among public master's granting institutions. The number one medium-sized school in the nation for graduates who join the Peace Corps. Western Washington University. Active minds, changing lives. And welcome back to GNAC Insider. I'm your host, Robert Lowry. And we're going to switch gears now and talk a little bit about men's soccer. Joining us tonight, Mark Collings, the Seattle Pacific University men's soccer coach. 17th year as coach at his alma mater. Three NCAA tournament appearances in a row. He's also a former player there at Seattle Pacific, co-captain on the Falcons 1998 Final Four team. Mark, thanks for joining us tonight. I understand that we're uh, we're catching up with you on the road tonight. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're actually in Bismarck uh, right now. We just flew in a little while ago, so quite a trek today. All right. This year, the team is off to a 3-0-1 start, first place in the GNAC. You're taking on a Mary team that uh, we mentioned just a minute ago is also undefeated. Talk a little bit about the upcoming matches for the Falcons. What do you expect on this trip? Yeah, this trip is always uh, really difficult for us. Um, you know, we were talking about it as a coaching staff earlier today. There just aren't any easy games um, in our region anymore, and that includes our conference. Um, you know, the, the coaches at Mary, Dave, and uh, his staff have just done a great job of, uh, you know, building this program, and um, they're really, really competitive. We had two great matches with them last year, and, um, you know, they're off to a good start, so they're going to have a lot of confidence, and uh, they're scoring goals. Um, so it should be a, a really difficult matchup for us on Thursday night. You talk about Mary uh, scoring goals. The Falcons are preventing goals. You've only allowed one so far this year to Chico State. Why is the Falcons' defense as tough as it's been here in the early going? You know, it's something that we uh, talk to our guys about quite a bit. Um, it's not, you know, it's not just our backs. It's uh, everybody. It's a collective effort. Um, you know, our team's really committed to defending as a unit and having each guy do his job to help our team be successful uh, as a unit. And that, you know, it's not just the guys on the field. It's, you know, day in and day out in training, um, just competing hard and making sure that we're not giving up soft goals. And I, I think that's, you know, something that we really try and hang our hat on is, um, not giving teams easy opportunities to score. And then, you know, it helps when you have Cody back there to, you know, to clean things up uh, if teams are able to get through. He had a couple of really nice saves last week against St. Martins. And, um, but, you know, we were definitely led by some guys. You know, one of our senior co-captains is, is at center back and Evan. And, um, and then, of course, Davis at uh, the other center back. You know, they, they kind of anchor our back line. And, you know, coming into the year, we thought we could be pretty good defensively. And, um, you know, we've been fortunate. Don't, don't get me wrong. We've played some really, really good teams and um, have been fortunate not to have them put balls in the back of the net. But, you know, our guys definitely have worked hard and, you know, they're priding, taking a lot of pride in uh, our ability to prevent teams from scoring goals. Away from the Falcons, you had, a, I would think, a very wonderful opportunity to coach at the MLS, the Major League Soccer pre-draft combine, you did it in 2011, and then you did it in 2014, so this year as well. What do you take mm-hmm. away from those experiences that uh, that makes you a better coach for the Falcons? Sure. You know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a really, really unique opportunity, and I, I'm so appreciative to have had that uh, a couple times now. And, 
you know, when you get to be around those kids, um, you know, at that point in their career, it's, it's such an exciting time for them um, because they're getting, a, you know, their first taste of professional soccer. And, you know, every time you move up a level, um, it's always it's always fun because you're coaching kids that, um, you know, have aspirations of doing something a little more in the game, you know, that we all love. And so to be around um, that type of player and then just to be around uh, those coaches and general managers and hear their analysis of players and kind of what they're looking for and, um, you know, just their thoughts uh, on different things and then to see it in person, it's it's really, really special. And I know, uh, you know, I've formed some great relationships with different guys and, you know, I've had some opportunities to follow up with them after the combine just to hear their thoughts on things. And, uh, you know, and a few of the guys I've stayed in touch with as well. And it's always fun to talk to them after the draft, after they've been drafted and they're, you know, so excited to uh, – to be a part of the MLS now and, you know, obviously the growth of the MLS and especially in Seattle and the Sounders, they do such a great job, um, you know, to be a part of that. It, it's just really special. I guess I could, I put the cart before the horse there a little bit. I should have asked, how were you selected for that prestigious coaching position? <laughs> you know, it's a, it's actually a pretty funny story. The first time I got selected, um, I got an email um, from someone in MLS and, I, I thought it was a joke or junk mail, um, you know, and I <laughs> ended up forwarding it to a couple of people that I knew uh, within MLS, and they said, oh, no, this is legitimate. Um, so I ended up responding to the person and um, and, and talking to her. And, uh, yeah, they said it's uh, basically between uh, MLS and Adidas. Um, they nominate different coaches, and then they select people. But I'm not sure exactly uh, why I'm the lucky one, but I'll certainly take it. Final question for you. As we mentioned at the at the outset of this interview, you're a former Seattle Pacific University player. You've had 17 years as the head coach there. You've had a tremendous career, as we mentioned, three NCAA tournament appearances in a row, and I guess there's every, there's every reason to believe that you could make it four straight this year. How much more special is it for you to have that kind of success at a place where you played collegiately? Sure. Well, first, it's my seventh year as a head coach. But, uh, you know, certainly uh, for some people around us, I feel like my 17th having played there and then an assistant coach, head coach. But, um, yeah, it's it's really, really special to me and my family, um, you know, and, and for the other alums. I mean, to to get to coach at your alma mater, that means so much to you. And, you know, to uh, – I mean, I played for Cliff, who's a legend, and he's really built uh, this program. And, you know, I'm just – I have the keys right now, and I'm trying to – carry on the traditions that were started and, and you know, really put um, Seattle Pacific, um, you know, back near the top. I mean, we still have a lot of work to do. We're trying to get better every day. And, you know, I, I, I get a little nervous when you say a fourth uh, tournament in a row. I mean, there's a lot of games left, and we need to get a lot better um, to get to that level. But, you know, certainly our start um, <clears throat> has allowed us the opportunity for these games to mean something and give us an opportunity to get back into the tournament. Um, but, for me personally, to, to coach at Seattle Pacific and to say that, you know, I'm the men's soccer coach at Seattle Pacific is, is something that I take really seriously. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm very, very honored and happy to, to be a part of such a great university and um, to recruit kids to a place that I love so much. And uh, it, it does make your job fun and easy because it, it's really easy to sell it uh, when you believe so much in what we do at Seattle Pacific. Well, Mark, thank you very much. I'm sorry I put an extra decade on your uh, coaching record there. Maybe we'll talk <laughs> 10 years from now when you are doing your 17th. 
No problem. I appreciate it. I hope we get that opportunity. Good luck this weekend, and uh, I'm sure we will talk to you again sometime in the not-too-distant future here on GNAC Insider. Great. Thanks a lot for having me. Go Falcons. Thank you. Mark Collings, Seattle Pacific University men's soccer coach, seventh year at his alma mater, 64 wins, 32 defeats, and 18 ties, his career record. Very good record there as head coach of the Falcons. Well, GNAC Insider, we're going to wrap up tonight's program after this short timeout. Remember, if you don't catch us live, listen to GNAC Insider over iTunes or at GNACsports.com. GNAC Insider will be right back. Seattle Pacific University is a premier Christian university where each year 4,000 students catch a vision for making a difference in the world. All across the globe, SPU graduates are making an impact in medicine, technology, athletics, business, education, music, theater, and more. SPU is dedicated to outstanding scholarship and thoughtful faith. It's a powerful combination that brings about change in the lives of graduates and in the people and communities they serve. Seattle Pacific University, engaging the culture, changing the world. Welcome back to GNAC Insider. Once again, I'd like to take an opportunity to thank our guests here tonight. Spencer Dodd, the National NCAA Division II SAC Chairman. This week, the GNAC Student Athlete Advisory Committee will have its meeting up in Anchorage. Also, thanks to Steve Card, big weekend of dedicating a new soccer field up in Bellingham. Thanks to Dennis Francois, the Athletic Director at Central Washington University, before Saturday's Battle for the Border. And thanks to Mark Collings, Seattle Pacific University men's soccer coach, getting us up to date on the Falcons. And thanks to you for listening tonight. We'll be back next Tuesday at 7 o'clock for another episode of GNAC Insider. Until then, I'm Robert Lowry, and you're at GNAC Insider 2. So long. GNAC Insider, an update on the NCAA's Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Remember to follow the GNAC through social media. To find us on Facebook or Twitter, search GNAC Sports and locate us on the web at GNACsports.com. GNAC Insider is a production of the Great Northwest Athletic Conference.